You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the couch potatoes i'm alex this is chris and this week we're going to be digging on into a series that debuted on hulu here recently hulu's uh, kicking ass now i noticed hulu's kicking the shit out of people man they get a lot of people have been sleeping on them motherfuckers for a while we'll see I, including me because i used to use hulu a lot because there, there was an era where I was watching a whole lot of like Family Guy and, and shit like that, and that's the only place you could find it was on Hulu. Well, yeah, because TBS, FX, uh, AMC, A&E are all on Hulu. Yeah. So, no, I used Hulu a lot, but honestly, after, after YouTube started getting more robust, mm-hmm. I quit using Hulu as much. Yeah, they kind of died down. Some of their original stuff isn't as good. They do. They did have a Halloween series mm-hmm. where they just did horror movies, and they were fantastic. They're they're campy as fuck. Um, Pookie, uh, Pookie is fucking hilarious. It's about like a giant uh, personification of a doll that kids love. Oh, and, I remember that. And there's now. two. Yeah. There's two movies, and they're both fucking hilarious. Um, and you know, the bear kind of came out right before Prey. Yep, did which we'll be doing an episode on that with me and Cap and uh, maybe someone else and Quinn maybe uh, for the Predator franchise, um, which got a lot of acclaim from not just fans but some I will say some audacious fucking comments that I read before I watched that movie. Yeah, like, one, one guy made a comment saying it's better than the original Predator. I'm just like you motherfucker. <laughs> I wanted to be like Jay and Silent Bob and find that motherfucker. He's like, we're going to Anaheim. <laughs> And everybody just wants to kick some ass. <laughs> and he's like, are, are you Prey Fan Master 1996? Yeah. Wham! Wham! <laughs> it's like, Prey was good, but it was no Predator. Okay, motherfucker. Chris is very upset by your glowing review. But like, it, it is a, like, it's a great fucking continuation to the story. And like, yeah. Fucking top rated, and this show, you know, was a great ad, you know, because it came, it comes from FX. Yeah, it's FX on Hulu is literally yeah. the way it's production yeah. value, and which think, leads into something we were talking about. Of I think either an episode or two ago, or just in personal time, just how TV itself is kind of mm-hmm. dying. That this would have just originally been shown on FX, but no, the production company is literally FX on Hulu. Yeah, and they got another one coming out uh, right now called. Uh, I think it's called The Patient, but it's about a guy. Steve Carell is playing a serious role in the movie or in the show, and it's going to be on FX and Hulu, and he's basically kidnapped by one of his patients who told him, he's like, I think I'm thinking about murdering people. Mm-hmm. And it looks like, what the fuck? It's just like, it's getting to that era, right? That like kind of like sweet spot when FX had like Sons of Anarchy, Rescue Me, Justified. Yeah. Like, all Nip like Tuck. all all within like like Nip Tuck's like season four or something. It's like when it gets really fucking buck wild. And it's just like all in one year these shows were debuting. The Shield was on. And it's just like Oh my god, the Shield, I forgot about that. Yeah, but like these they were all on TV at one time in syndication or on FX. And it was just like 
we were talking about it earlier with TBS when TBS was had like some really good content and stuff uh, for that one solid year or two. Yeah, when it was just all syndicated Seth MacFarlane stuff and, <laughs> and like game shows. But yeah, like Hulu is knocking it out of the park right now. They got they when, when they got FX, it really turned everything around because not only is it the back catalog, but it's also the newer stuff coming out. Yep, because you still got stuff like um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia coming out on it and mm-hmm. everything else too. And, and again, another FX show. And I just think FX, that division of Fox, is kind of mm-hmm. where all the talent went because I remember Fox Network, local Fox, uh, throughout the 90s and 2000s had killer original programming on mm-hmm. it. And now it just seems like they just moved all that effort to FX. Well, I think I think you know the dynamic changes because when we were kids, streaming wasn't even an option. No. So you had you, you had on demand. That yeah. was about it. When I was a kid, we didn't even have on demand. Yeah, yeah. You, you hoped for syndication. Yeah. Um, but you had like Fox Kids, so mm-hmm. you had an animation department that was fantastic. It was using in-house Mad TV crew. That's where Phil Lamar got his voice acting chops done before yep. he went to Samurai Jack and all that, and. You, you just change the whole demographic of who's watching your show. On a Friday night watching Fox, you're watching the local news, The Simpsons, maybe Family Guy. Yeah. Later in the night, it might be an episode of American Dad, then Cops. <laughs> and then it's like... You're listening. Oh, that's Sunday night. Yeah, that's yeah, Sunday, Sunday night. Come on, come on down to Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Cops. <laughs> Animation. Donimation. But not fucking Cops, man. I would love them just to redo that show. Yeah. Well, that they tried to with Live PD. That isn't then, a good show. That is not cops. That is a fucking joke. <laughs> you didn't like Live PD? No, I wanted cops. I wanted fucking Officer Lawrence and fucking Miami Dade. The little little feedback from the mic. <laughs> he's like, this is this is this is. Carl. Well, you got that, but on steroids with Live PD that made it worse. <laughs> that made it worse. Well, we're not here to talk about cops. We're here to talk about The Bear, which is a really great drama show. It it made me want to watch Rescue Me again. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But basically, it's like Rescue Me, but set in a kitchen. Mm. And the reason I think it just really works for the two of us having a commentary on this is both of us have had kitchen experience and i know if davy dirt is listening to this in the discord he he if he hasn't seen the bear he needs to because the entire time he's just going to be sweating and just going oh god oh god because <laughs> much like with you chris he has just shared many a story of like what happens in the kitchen and just the shit he went through yeah um yes yeah, I, I sat here uh, I was actually putting a puzzle together and sat down and watched the whole thing. Yeah. And I was like, God damn. You know, watching it, it's just like, fuck that. Fuck there, this. <laughs> there was so many, I was watching it with my girlfriend, and there were so many times that she was like, I'm getting stressed just watching this. I was like, yeah, imagine being on an eight to 10 hour shift of this. Well, what made it kind of, what makes it kind of stressful to watch, you know, is the way it's cut and framed and shot. We're getting a lot of cuts of, the food we're getting a lot of cuts of prep we're getting a lot of cuts of people trying to move around and they're using you know the terminology that we hear in kitchens nowadays is it's like hey hot coming behind you round mm-hmm. corner door door you know yeah we're getting a lot of that sharp yeah yeah heard yes chef no chef you know, which is a little bit higher up yeah but like it provides a structure and he kind of explains that in the episode, in the show um even even throughout and you want to keep that structure with what they're doing they're doing fast-paced cooking they're they're a lunch dinner place which are some of the most hardest restaurants to run yep i've worked in breakfast and lunch places those mm-hmm. are tough because your prep time is cut by fucking six hours yeah <laughs> but like because you're not showing up at fucking three o'clock in the morning to prep for breakfast yeah, no, i would show up at four yeah 
and hey, doors open at five. Yeah. Yeah, and people are outside waiting because they're on their way to work. You know, getting to go orders and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, so you I'm, did it for a um, a freight company. Yeah. So, so I did it for uh, I did it for a few companies. I did oh, it for yeah. more of a convenient mom and pop shop mm-hmm. uh, where we made bis- biscuits from scratch. So right. every morning. Mm. fucking two full bags of flour made <laughs> and I made biscuits all morning Damn, with another guy who was fucking fantastic to work with but like the kitchen is very small My, the kitchen I worked in is about as big as our kitchen and dining Ooh. area <laughs> <laughs> I love those huge air quotes you gave me <laughs> we have a small if no one knows though, we have a three foot by one foot table and two high chairs <laughs> as our sitting area because we all eat on the couch <laughs> By high chairs, he means very high, like bar stools that have like a backing. And it's, okay, since we're getting into this, the reason it's configured like that is uh, when I first moved in with my ex, we we were just like, we need some sort of like table to sit and eat dinner at. So it's like we put that up, and those chairs were to like another table I initially had that was like tall enough to fit the chairs, but like the table would have fit like the entire kitchen. <laughs> so yeah, we gave away the table. Um, yeah, so like the way you know, just the way it's cut and shot, and it's very stressful. Like, it's a very stressful opener. Oh yeah, because it's such a tight, tight place, and like you hear about what they're fucking making, and what doesn't make. And going into the first episode alone mm-hmm. is goddamn frustrating. Like, so I've been in the situation where, all right, it's Monday. Okay, first day of the week. Mm-hmm. It could be a pay week. It could not be a pay week. You don't know. Most restaurants do one week pay. Yep. Some people do bi weekly, whatever. Going in, hey, I need this, I need this, I need this. You're pulling out all your stuff for your prep. And now what's cool is it opens up uh, it opens up at like five in the morning. Yeah. That's when he gets in to do prep and they open at ten thirty, maybe possibly even eleven. Because it like I said, lunch and dinner. Yeah. He's having to call every motherfucker he knows just to buy some goddamn beef. beef. That's all he needs. That's all he fucking needs, and because he's making something very elaborate, mm-hmm. which is part of which is part of what they make. So going into like just a quick yeah. thing, they make sandwiches. Yeah, mainly. Cause, mainly. Cause, yeah, because the cut open is a uh, summer of 2022. Uh, James Beard Award winning chef Carmi uh, returns home to Chicago to manage the original beef in Chicagoland, uh, a rundown North River uh, River North restaurant owned by his brother Michael, who recently died by suicide, uh, and his brother's best friend Richie, uh, and the stubborn staff resist uh carmy's pro- proposed changes yada 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 so he he got brought on down because the restaurant was left in his name through his brother's suicide yeah so it's and kinda- he just and he feels the need to make it nice because again what we say you know james beard award-winning chef he's yeah. no slouch yeah so he worked in one of those restaurants where it takes 15 people to prep and prep and prep and cook and cook and cook to make a handful of plates on a menu about the size of a piece of paper yep and it's fucking ridiculous <laughs> it is I, I I know I understand like the, the 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 complexity of food. I get it. I, you want to make some gastrointestinal fucking food that is out of this world, like flavors you've never had before. To the point, it's just like you're like you're a couple meal from cooking people. Like like just just, just, say, just say that. Like yeah. The next the next step is just cooking a motherfucker. Ramsey's like okay, and we get the human shank. And like I just I don't understand like I I'll never understand it. No. And I'll never understand like the like we get it later on when the the, the sauce 
the saucier yeah. is trying to make some stuff. I'm just like, hit him, <laughs> hit him in the face. It, it's 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 over demanding for no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get into arguments like, oh, what's the difference between a chef and a cook? Yeah, a cook works. A chef does nothing. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I would nothing. say a sh- a cook works. A chef creates. A chef delegates his responsibilities. Yeah. And it's fucking ridiculous. Because I've met chefs who burn through every fucking pan and pot we have to make one fucking dish to present. And I'm like, ew. I could have made that in a crock pot. (laughs) (laughs) It's pork and rice and vegetables. That's all it is. And it's just like, oh, cool. You made a fucking uh, tomato skin rose. I'm not going to eat that. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here with that stupid bullshit. Exactly. I could have made 40 goddamn things <laughs> in the time it took you to make a side item. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> and that's the kind of the funny thing about this restaurant. It's like it's on it's right there at the edge of of just a cool little spot to eat. And a fast food joint. Yep. Because the way they cook, the way they move, because they have a they have a, a place to sit down and eat, but they also are shooting items out the door. Yep. A traditional inner city deli, or you know shack. Yep. You know a great job version of this is what we had in Nashville, mm-hmm. at, where we got the elote and the tacos. Same fucking thing. Fast pace, line out the door, already starting. And if you remember. He's like, hey, arcade tournament. Yes. I think that was in the second episode. Yeah. yeah. But he's just like, he's pumping the fucking drone. He's like, he's banging the drum. Yeah. Guys. Well, well, let's bring it back to that, uh, the intro clip you were talking about. So, like, he's just going around town just trying to find the fucking beef. Because, again, like you said, sandwiches, you know, steak sandwiches dipped in jus, you know, you gotta have the beef. Well, like, the place is called the, the beef. beef. Well, what he did was, I loved what he did when he opened the door and the guy's there with all the, all the food. Yep. He's like, what the fuck is this? Uh-huh. It's pork. It's like, what? And I had that happen to me one time. A guy came and delivered, like, fucking... We we would get whole, whole beef sides. Yeah. At this one... At the truck place I worked at. Yeah. They brought pork by accident. It fucked up our menu for a month. Oh, wow. We had to delegate every little fucking thing to figure out what are we going to do with 40 fucking sides of ribs like <laughs> like, like this is we don't serve that <laughs> but they're oh like well God. we can take it back i'm like we we don't have time to drive to charlotte <laughs> to goddamn u.s foods and pick up another fucking batch of food because you're a piece of shit it can't read a goddamn truck order no as soon as i saw that intro scene with the bad truck order too it, it immediately gave me flashbacks to that too because i think we got our trucks on like tuesday or something and yeah the more times than not kitchen manager would be walking out there with me he <laughs> undoes the thing we looked right in and he's like Where's the yada yada? And it, it was always a vegetable we needed for the salads. It was like, where's the carrots? It's like, oh, wait, wait, you didn't order carrots. He's like, yes, I did. I ordered fucking carrots. Where's the fucking carrots? You didn't order carrots. It's not on my invoice. God damn it, motherfuckers. <laughs> Stomping on upstairs. Comes down with the invoice. It's right here. It's right here. Well, we can get that to you at the end of the week. We don't need it at the end of the week. We got a soup of the day that's got to have the yada yada. And he just immediately starts going. And I'm just like grabbing what we do need. And I'm like, I'm bringing this inside. <laughs> I remember I came in. I came in on the back end of a truck order one day. Me and my boss. It was after lunch. Everyone had gone home. Everybody had did their prep and stuff when the truck came late. And just me and him. Yeah. 
putting stuff up he he had had the list and the guy had already put the stuff on the dock so we're 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 doing double time trying to put all this shit up yeah and i'm in the pantry area putting away everything i'm looking down the list and he's hollering you know from the door he's like we got 40 cans of, or we got uh two mage uh two giant cans of peaches negative what no <laughs> we do not have that <laughs> that no no <laughs> he's like what about tuna negative <sighs> and he's like making a list yeah and what was cool was we would drive from fucking cleveland north carolina mm-hmm. in the company van a company van and he let me he make me drive on company time yeah being paid to drive all the way down here to charlotte <laughs> to u.s foods and pick up the extra stuff. Oh my god! As a fuck up order, and I'd be driving this van from Charlotte, taking my sweet ass time to get back <laughs> to Cleveland. I get up, I get to the fucking gate. The gate's already closed because the shift is over. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I need to get this motherfucking thing into the factory because I'm not wheeling and dealing <laughs> box at a time. No, that's cold as fuck. Uh huh. And I'm just like, it's a 55 pound side of beef oh yeah i'm not throwing that over my shoulder walking through a factory <laughs> and then looking at me like god damn is that what we have not for you <laughs> not for next you. shift no no harambe gets something else <laughs> coco no oh, that was i will say that's the funniest fucking thing we used to do coco no <laughs> circling your heart yeah just start, take take your fist and just circle over your chest coco no <laughs> and um I just I really liked uh, the way the kitchen was presented as well, like the way everything was kind of delegated out. Because before he winds up hiring uh, the new girl that hops in, you just kind of get a feel for the way the kitchen's running already. And like it, it goes to show that people that have actually been in kitchen work worked on this show. Because like mm-hmm. Maddie Mathinson, I noticed during the credits he was listed as executive producer. So it's like even though he barely played a role in the show. I feel like he helped guide the genuineness and the realness of yeah, it. Yeah, it's funny because, like, you know, with his background in cooking, and there's that one line of dialogue, he's like, you think he'll hire me to, you know, cook? And it's just like, what did you say? Yeah. You don't know shit about cooking. It's just a fist fight. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, just going to the cast alone, um, Jeremy Allen White, which was a – who plays Carmi – came from shameless did you yeah. ever watch, did you watch shameless i watched a few episodes that's a fucking rough fucking show it to watch. is that's why i only watched a few episodes Macy is a fucking animal <laughs> and uh ao uh ed barry she plays uh sydney the 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 sous chef that comes in yeah and do you remember why like what, what he had to do to get some fucking beef in that goddamn place you you told me after i thought it was a pair of jeans so he has vintage clothing yeah that he's had for a very long time and he's calling these guys, and he calls a guy who's got to connect, and he's kind of like a swap meet guy, yeah, who happens to have that, and he's like, "Fine, I got, I got a 1972, blah 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 uh-huh. blah," and he's pull, and he keeps his clothes in the oven, yep. in the fucking under the bed, in the closet, he keeps them everywhere, and he fucking rips those goddamn things out. He's like, "Here, trades like pairs of pants or a jacket for yeah. some sides of beef, only and- to be fucking get fucked with by a stupid fucking brother." God. I grew to hate that motherfucker. Richie's a hateable guy. Oh yeah, because he's a drug dealer and a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the thing is, is like sometimes there's drug dealing pieces of shit in shows that like there's drug dealing you, pieces of shit in kitchens. <laughs> well, I'm, well, I'm talking in the show that you kind of care for. It's like yeah. you, you kind of feel bad for their art. I didn't feel bad for this dude at all. No, because he's a walking talking piece of shit. Yeah. And what was funny was the 
he he took the uh, an old school like um, what is it like a old school high end restaurant approach mm-hmm. when it came to uh, Sydney's character. Yeah, because she shows up, she's like, hey, you know, this this and this. I've you studied know, a lot, and he's like, all right, fine, you're on the line, get to work, and it's an audition. And he's she, you know, she even breaks down the fucking restaurant. What it kind of what, what's his intake? What is what is the menus got? You know, hey, we could raise the price here. We could cut down here. We could speed up here. And there is like this trial by fire that you do have in kitchens. Okay, oh, let's yeah. see what you got. Yep. All right. And when you get thrown into that, you can be really really good. You can be really really bad. No, I remember uh, two nights into my shifts uh, working at uh, what's now, uh, it's a totally different place now, but we used to be the Penguin. Mm-hmm. Two nights in, I think I joined on a Thursday. Okay, yeah, so the following night was a busy Friday shift, and the person training me, it was like my first legit kitchen job, too. I was like maybe 19, mm-hmm. and she turned to me, she's like, all right, uh, you did pretty good yesterday. You've been kind of doing all right this afternoon. Let's see how you do tonight. I was like, what do you mean? She goes, oh, no. You're on Burger Station tonight, buddy. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, on a Friday night. She's like, yep, sink or swim, asshole, and walked away. <laughs> and, she, and I swam. I rocked it. But it's like, it was still one of those, like, the nervousness for like an hour because you start seeing, like, the first group of people come mm-hmm. in and then the second directly behind them. And then you blink and the place is full. And you're like, oh shit. And you blink again and the ticket machine is just rolling and rolling and rolling. <laughs> One of the jobs I had had, I had went in just to be a dishwasher. And this is, you've heard this story before, but uh, for those who haven't, I started at a place I wanted to wash dishes. That's it. Come in early in the morning, wash dishes and leave. Yep. Breakfast and lunch. That's it. That's all you're there for. Dude, it's a fucking baby shift, dude. Yeah. Like you come in at six, leave at two. Not maybe bad at three. All. You know, if you get a little tied back, but that's cool. That's overtime. Oh yeah. It wasn't for the money, it was just something to do. Yeah. Dude, one weekend the guy that hired <laughs> one weekend the guy that hired me was out the door already. Wow. He cut my he cut a piece of my hair for a drug test. That was fucking stupid. Yeah. A hair test to wash dishes. <laughs> you better hope I smoke PCP before I come into this goddamn concrete <laughs> jungle. Because it's a factory. It's a goddamn factory yeah. full of Mad Max motherfuckers who are just out of their fucking mind. Because we used to call it Freak Liner. Yeah. Because people were fucking in the trucks <laughs> and doing cocaine. All right. It's a fucking shit show of factory. You're yeah. cooking for factory people. People yeah. are just smoking and fucking inhaling diesel fumes all day. Yeah. So I go in. This guy from fucking Ohio shows up. Big, big corporate catering guy mm-hmm. comes in sweating fucking bullets when he first walks in. And I'm I know this. What I'm. What? He's drinking. He's drinking. Yeah. That's okay. what it, he's got the drinking sweat. Yeah. Okay. He's yeah, an yeah, alcoholic because yeah. he's sweating out the fucking alcohol. And I could smell it on him. And I said, you know, fuck it, whatever. I came in early one morning. I was like, hey, do you guys need some help? I'm going to go ahead and go start dishes if that's all right. He's like, yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when you pause. End of shift. End of shift. Oh, I was going to say pause. That was the first problem. Yep. <laughs> that sentence you just gave them right there. Hey, if you need some help, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, hello. <laughs> By the time end of shift rolls around, can you come in early tomorrow? Yeah, no problem. I'm still leaving at the same time, though. No problem. He next morning, I come in. He hands me keys because he was late. He was fucking late. And he's like, there's a truck coming. I need you. Can you stay late? today yeah no problem you can lock up you know or wait for a second shift to get here and give the tr- keys to him because i gotta leave early yeah no problem you fucking alky <laughs> dude and no time i'm in the fucking office 
I got grits cooking. I got bacon. <laughs> I got racks and racks of bacon. I got two guys coming in. One name's Vinny. Mm-hmm. Toughest fucking dude I've ever worked with in the kitchen. Great fucking guy. He he poke his head in. Yo, number one, how you doing? <laughs> and that was my nickname for the whole fucking kitchen. Number one. Yeah. Whoever called out, number one, come back. <laughs> number one, come in. He worked. He worked all fucking day. Number one kitchen man. Number one. Number one soul brother. That's, <laughs> where, that's, where, I that's where I came from. And like, I had this girl I worked with at another kitchen like a few years before. She pokes her head in the office, and she's older than me. She's like, are you our boss now? And I'm just like, I don't even fucking know what my position is anymore. <laughs> As you're and flipping pancakes. I'm just like, cook, like looking at that account and making sure all the registers had money in them. And fucking just moving back and forth, moving back and forth, making sure, hey, Osborne, you good, brother? You need anything? How you doing on bread and eggs? You good? All right, cool. Let me just get back over here. Hey, is everything working? Ever? All right, great. No malfunctions. Nothing. We don't have to call maintenance. We don't have to shut this motherfucker down. Cool. 15 hours a day, five days a week. <laughs> Everything is fine. I am mentally fine. <laughs> and, th- and that's the thing. is like th- Not to jump around too much, but the most visceral moment, and, I, and it's like I was watching it, and I was like so engulfed in the scene. It was in the very last episode where, or the second to the last episode, rather, where Carmi is like getting that mental breakdown moment because like the ticket machine is running and running and so running. She, she makes Cake Man sh- wasn't doing right. And he just, we'll get into the detail yeah. of it, but it's like Cake Man wasn't doing what he was supposed to. Other people weren't doing what they're supposed to. The ticket machine is just running. And all of a sudden, it's just that white noise, and you just see that little click in his head. He just walks right into that ticket machine. Wham! <laughs> Knocks just straight off that fucking thing. That entire time of him just kind of walking around pacing because it was all because flashback to first episode shit. The fucking guy does it again, delivers all pork, <laughs> so that already fucks it up again too. And he's just walking around trying to sort it, figure it out, figure it out. And it's just he reaches that boiling point, but he doesn't ever lash out. And I remember hitting that one time in the kitchen. Two people had called out. I wound up having to do a 18-hour shift. And by hour 16, the ticket machine would not stop. And it was me and one other person that had joined a month prior. <laughs> I was I have never broken down in public, but that was one of those where if I had not gone out to the bar and told the bar manager and told him, I was like, you have got to get behind the line. Mm-hmm. I am Five tickets deep. This new person barely knows what's going on. I'm running in circles in here. I'm about to lose my fucking mind. And he's like, oh, well, I'll just put in three more tickets. I said, I know. I said, I'm five behind. That's not including what's on the fucking board already. The board yeah. is full. Hey, let me ask you real quick. Left to right or right to left? Tickets. Uh, left, left to, to right. Left to right? Left to right. No, right to left for me, man. Uh, no. right. One gone. One gone. 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 <laughs> no, I did it like I was reading. Left to right. That way I could pop, pop, pop. No. Like that, and just kind of keep replacing and filling yeah. them up after that. If I got I, on certain nights, I was really good and I could zigzag and mm. I was remembering names mm. that were attached up. And man, those were those moments you felt like fucking Superman. Whereas, like, I finally had a competent team behind me and I was semi running it that night. And it was like, all right, we need four burgers all day, two chickens, five fries, two onion rings, yada, yada, yada. Who, how are you doing all those sounds? Oh, you're about to hop over there, knock those out. All right, let's get them out. Where are the fucking. It's just like, and just keeping it. All in order and running. It's fucking brutal, dude. It's brutal, man, but it's also so satisfying at the end. And God forbid it's new server night. 
like on a Thursday test or something like that. That's something they didn't have to deal with in the bear, at least. Oh, God. <laughs> like, sir, you know, do you know how to make fries, asshole? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but rolling into episode two, because, yeah, episode one just basically episode introduces just everyone. In, introduces everybody, and I like and Richie just being a walking, talking, fucking prick. Yes. The whole time. And they're just arguing back and forth. And, like, he has this buddy mentality with everybody because no one likes Carmi. Yeah. No one. He's he's new. He's the brother. They never really met him. It's because his brother who died, who committed suicide, didn't want him in there. Yeah. You kind of find out more on that later episode. But it's kind of good to bring up now because they kind of teeter on this throughout mm-hmm. the whole series. I thought it was... I didn't understand the thought process of the brother kept him excluded from the restaurant, yet he left it to him, and they grew up doing the cooking stuff together. Mm-hmm. That's the part of kind of the family plot I didn't fully get. Like, if you excluded him, why did you leave it to him? So, I, I when I when I watched the show, so. We see John Barenthal is the brother. Yes. Later on. Uh, they're cooking at home. He's watching his brother create, you know, um, basically stuffed yeah. uh, uh, meat. But, like, they're all making something. They're all bullshitting all this. And you can see his side of doing cooking. So he's at a certain level of cooking. His brother's rising fast. So he sees that his brother is meant for bigger things. Do not get him caught up in this fucking restaurant to bog him down in the family business, and he'll be there and resent you for the rest of his life. He's got a job to do to be better than you. All right, we see that dynamic in a lot of storylines when it comes to, like, Rescue Me, when, uh, uh, oh boy, the main character kind of loses his shit when one of his kids says, well, I could be a firefighter. He's like, fuck, no, you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like, do better, do be better. And so he went on to be better. Yeah. And the only reason Richie's involved is like he's a shit heel. I need to take care of him. Let me give him a job. Yeah, and like give him something he can barely. And fuck that's up. the only thing that's different. Illiterate prick. And he knew that if he brought Carmi back, he'd be stuck. And we know this because the brother kills himself not long after Carmi has a meltdown in his world. Mm-hmm. Where he's working for Joe McHale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's the flashback to this episode. Uh, Carmi's working in a fine dining restaurant in New York, uh, where his boss is verbally abusing him constantly. Mm. Basically, kind of like a Ramsey type. <laughs> at least Gordon Ramsay sitting beside you fucking cooking. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, they, we also get introduced uh, to Carmi's sister, Natalie Sugar. Yeah, sugar. So sugar does not is a business end person. She she became a um, I think a financial consultant. I believe so. Something in 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 different field. Mm -hmm. But um, her name is on the restaurant for tax purposes. Yeah, (laughs) and like the lovely inner workings of family business. Yeah, nepotism goes so far. (laughs) But uh, if it fails, they didn't pay ink. They didn't pay taxes. Yeah, on it. They never pay taxes because she left it up to the brother, and he never paid taxes. And it kind of, he kind of, the brother actually ran what basically a credit scheme mm-hmm. to try to make the place more liquid and make it less on the tax end. The problem yeah. is he just never paid pay the taxes mm-hmm. because, unfortunately, in the Lord of Electronic Financials, it's always tracked. Yep. So, it, like, when we pay with card, it tip, like, I never tip on a fucking receipt, yeah. I tip in cash. Yep. Because if I was a server at the end of the night, hey, how'd you do? None of your fucking business. I got tipped a dollar. A dollar. That's how much I made today. One dollar. Yep. 
Everything else you've seen on receipts, that's all the thing you need to know. Mm-hmm. Advice to anyone being a server, do not work anywhere that shares tips. No, that shit's bullshit. And put the cash in your back pocket and do not make eye contact with anyone who's, who looks at you. Your money. Yeah, your money. <laughs> I gave it to you. Yeah, your you, money. And if you help doing a party, you better make sure it's split 50-50. If not, you meet them in the parking lot. <laughs> That's a goddamn fact. Waiter or waitress, I don't give a fuck. If you're splitting a table, you wait in the parking lot and split that shit. Uh-huh. And you do it fair. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. And if a boss tells you, hey... I need you to t- tell me how, uh, give me your cash and tips. You tell them to go fuck themselves. You go find another restaurant to work at. That's right. Yeah. None of this Amy's Bacon shit. <laughs> I would have stabbed him. <laughs> oh my God. The look on your face when I brought that, that up. That old piece of shit. That old mafia up motherfucker. Uh-huh. I would have killed both him and his wife in that fucking thing. <laughs> they would have been part of the Thursday night special. <laughs> hey, what are we having? Amy. <laughs> That's what we're having. Cream of cunt. <laughs> but um and the other thing was too when i was watching this uh there was like a really big like cleanup scene where it's like everyone was like cleaning and then carmy was the last one Mm -hmm. and he was like on his knees like with a toothbrush like scrubbing the floor so the place the place place needed it desperately and i remember uh i remember my girl asking me she's like is that a regular thing i was like no not really and, and i started explaining i was like you know i said I, it's only two episodes in i'm like have a feeling that you know this restaurant probably means a lot to carmy because it was his brothers and you know it's keeping it good and clean is like keeping his brother's memory alive so he's probably projecting the cleanliness onto the restaurant you know in this that and the air. i'm like drawing out this big long tapestry of like the emotional connection behind it all and then i round it off with or inspections about to happen, and then literally the next scene is them getting a C on the health inspection. And I was like, and I just started laughing. It was funny. Is like it's all it's all like just a shit ton of things. It's the the wrong order being delivered. Well, it's it's it the whole like floor. Oh, I thought you were talking about all the things. All the, the problems. Thing, all the all the problems. There was yeah, a yeah. thing with the. Um, Cigarettes being left out. There was a hand wash station that wasn't done right. There was a drainage, a drainage issue out the ass. There was so much going on, and it's it's brutal. Like some of the stuff, and you were talking about the floor cleaning scene. So that like in any kitchen, the kitchen floors are usually universally the same. It's a red brick material. Yeah, that's resistant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hydrophobic. To prevent it to be slippery. So when I saw him on the floor, I'm just like, you really had to drop something fucked up on that floor. <laughs> and like, you, like I, I took, I could take a mop and clean up a fucking grease mess. Yeah. And I'm just like, you, you really got to fuck up a floor. <laughs> Get on your hands and knees to scrub. Oh yeah. Because I've had to, I've had to, you know, bust my ass on the floor. To like, hey man, we need to get this shit up because it ain't coming up, mm-hmm. and I'm using like every fucking chemical we got. Like I'm using all the purple, man. It's not working, dude. I'm using the purple, the blue, the yellow. <laughs> like, hey, you guys like awesome? <laughs> I'm gonna burn this thing down to the subfloor. <laughs> Hey, you can't make a floor dirty if there's no floor. <laughs> uh, a different kitchen I was working in, I won't name this one only because of the it's shit I'm about to say, but it's like that owner definitely, well, it's not like it's, this isn't the case with most restaurants, but he mm. was definitely a fan of the booger sugar. Mm. But through that, um, a positive was he did not allow for a messy kitchen he did not like it like he he would allow it to get messy throughout the day but like cleaning shift at the end of the day had to get that shit right yeah once a once a month 
we would pressure wash the floors yeah. because we had such a drainage kind of in the back kitchen and most yeah. stuff was elevated. We didn't keep a lot of stuff mm. on the floor. Once a month, man, he'd have us drag those coolers outside, get the floors off as much as possible, fucking spray that shit down and then mop it and then bring everything back we in. We did that same shit, dude, when we switched owners. Oh, we, really? We, we brought everything outside. Well, I'd advise to bring everything outside. There was five of us in a tiny fucking kitchen about the size of ours yeah. trying to scrub fucking shit. I'm just like, why are we not drinking this shit outside? Yeah. <laughs> bring it bring it the fuck outside. Give me a blowtorch and I'll burn this fucking <laughs> I'll burn this goddamn grease off this motherfucker. Like, yeah, like, so we, and that's what I liked working at, like, you know, when I worked at the uh, kitchen in the factory was yeah. everyone had a job to clean a certain area. Mm-hmm. And you were on top of your shit, dude. When you're doing fucking flat top deep fryer grill, and this is no buffer. There was customers right behind you talking to you, asking this, asking that. At the end of the day, man, you're fucking strip cleaning a fucking flat top. That's what I try to get Brad to do. I'm just like, dude, just buy some fucking stuff. I'll clean this damn thing. Yeah. And it's not black every time I come up here. You just need the brick. Yeah. That little well, lightweight fucking like foam brick. Oh, I hate that motherfucker. No, nah, we had we had the pa- we had the one with the metal scrub pads. Oh, okay. And it was like a grate you put on there. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Like a piece of metal, and you flip these things, and it fucking stripped on there. My finger is like two centimeters away from that fucking hot ass flat top. <laughs> Done. Clean as fuck. Now we used um, a, a kind of like a, uh, a not a spray, but it's almost like a gel. Yeah. Yeah. You put the we gel the on thing. there. Yeah. But then we got that uh, lightweight brick. Yeah. That kind of rubbed the carbon itself. brick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used the carbon brick, and then literally a car squeegeed. Like that, and then wipe it down, spray it down with water, everything else. Nah, man, I use I use the fucking hand thing, dude. And phone. oh my god, dude, I one time be fucking scrubbing, and somebody walk up behind me, my fucking my hand, uh, the top knuckles of my finger, mm-hmm. hit that flat top. Nope. Fuck it, get that skin off there. Get that skin off there. Yeah, we got this, and just pour a shit ton of lemon juice on it, like that motherfucker high mirror shine. Yep, 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 yep. Oh god, I remember this. Shit. Remember the smell. Good. <laughs> Knock a buzzard off a gut wagon. Yeah, like, God damn, did a transformer get butt fucked by a dump truck? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and yeah, and they also find out the restaurant is in $300,000 in debt. Yeah, so Oliver Platt's character plays uh, their uncle. Yes. And he is in a criminal business of some kind. We don't mm-hmm. know what. But uh, he wants to buy the business outright. Yeah. And, you know, he's justified for asking. You know, it's a family-run business, and he wants to change it to something else. Yeah. And I can understand that, you know. And he is kind of lowballing on the price. A little bit. But it's supposedly struggling anyway, so. Yeah, why not? You know, cash yeah. out. Yeah. Walk away. Because he, 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 he basically said he's going to assume the debt of the place anyway, so fine yeah. whatever he's he's here's he's, a couple bucks to go away but there's going to be yeah. a lot more work done yeah this is my place i could turn around and get three hundred thousand in no time because you know a little corner restaurant like that in a year i mean we saw they were never hurting during their uh lunch and dinner services and they like, were rocking I, I, it i remember counting down registers every night at where i was working i was working at a factory at set prices at fucking two three bucks a fucking breakfast plate four or five bucks fucking lunch and we didn't do too fucking bad in a day mm-hmm and counting down and it's just like that cash adds up oh yeah not even you know the credit receipts add up and i'm just like if this was a restaurant you know we could hire more staff Mm -hmm. because it's corporate though no no you could you could do eight people's jobs with four people of course duh get fucked work faster yeah work faster get fired (laughs) fine replace me i don't give a shit (laughs) 
Yeah, but essentially he's just he refuses and just agrees to pay back the loan because he got the loan from the uncle. Mm. So he's just like, hey, whatever. I'm going to ignore it, give you a few bucks, and you can just go away. And he's like, no, I'll, I'll just pay you back. And, that's, that's and the kinda, way of paying it back winds up getting fucked up throughout the whole season, too. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they did end up doing a, a kid's party. If I remember correctly, that yeah, that's in the next episode. But yeah, uh, wrapping this one, uh, this is the one where uh, Sid uh, says that she wants to be paid like a proper sous chef. And Richie also reveals to Sid that uh, Michael wouldn't allow Cammy to work in the restaurant because when he was younger, because he shot himself in the head uh, four months prior. So that's when uh, they go. <laughs> they're trying to repair the kitchen as fast as possible, and they had to get like specific caulk. And they went and like it, okay, hey, you have a theory. So I have a theory that and, and, Richie can't fucking read. Yes, and you know what? You can bring that up at the very end, but also remember that when they were at the hardware, store. the hardware store, he's like, no, 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 I know which one I'm looking for. I know which one I'm looking for. Grabs it, looks at it, and goes, yeah, yeah, it's this one. And, could, and proceeds to walk away. And then, without even looking, after they share their little heartfelt moment in the car, he goes, I got the wrong caulk, didn't I? She goes, yeah, you did. But I got the right one. So it's like, that's another interesting moment that, hmm. So I worked he in a may kitchen. be illiterate. I, I, worked, I worked in a kitchen with someone who, who was illiterate. Yeah. And it's goddamn infuriating. My hate for people who just don't bother to learn how to read is ridiculous. I had an ex uncle that uh, didn't know how to read. What he couldn't read and forgot he was your uncle? <laughs> <laughs> no, he. Uh, I, I remember meeting him when I was really young, and uh, <laughs> I know it's. I, I let I let it fly, but you're still giggling on that one because <laughs> they're terrible people. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like he came over. I had to be maybe four, five, six, somewhere in that area. And he was like, yeah, I love comic books, all this other stuff. Do you like comics? I'm like, yeah. He says, I've got the Death of Superman comic book. I was like, wow. And he like brought it over and he was like looking at it. I was like, wow, this is really cool. And said, you know, what did you think of it? He goes, I don't know. I haven't read it. And I was like, why hadn't you read it yet? And he's like, I, I can't read. And that was the, and I, that broke my brain because at that point, because I knew how to read. It's such a young age, and that's kind of like breaking me. Constant, you're going like, "How are you an adult and don't know how to read?" It it baffles me. I don't get it. You know why? You know why it baffles you? Because once you learn to read, you can't stop reading. No, it's, everything you see, even if it's subconscious, you read it. You could forget anything else you've learned. Reading is almost impossible to forget. You could forget how to mince or julienne something. You could just watch a quick YouTube video. Mm-hmm. I could show you how to change a tire. You can go out there, change it, fine. Months from now, because you don't drive, maybe I forgot how to do something. You know, yeah. Maybe I forgot stuff. Forgot a step. Forgot a step. Yeah, that happens. That's yeah. how there's directions on a Pop-Tart box. Mm-hmm. People forget shit all the time. Old musician <laughs> forgets the song you wrote when he was a teenager. Metallica forgot the riff to fucking ride the light. <laughs> and some guy played it. They're like, man, that's pretty kick ass. It's just like, Lars, 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 bud. <laughs> teka, teka, two. You've already written that one. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's because it's, 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 it's so prevalent and mm-hmm. needed that when we think about people who are illiterate, we're thinking about peasants. Literal peasants in a weird way, yeah. Because they, they knew how to read technically. So, like, <laughs> and, and the thing, I remember even being that age, and like I didn't say it, but like my first thought was, "Do you want me to read it to you?" 
<laughs> let me tell you something. You'll be surprised how many people like it when you read to them. Yeah. Like, I didn't. Well, I like audiobooks. So that well, makes no, no, sense. No, no, no. Like, like, people you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a girl ask me to read something to her. And she's like, can you can you read something else later? Well, yeah, of course. It was just a story. Yeah. She just liked the cadence of it. And I'm just like, my buddy was like that, too, when we got, like, fucked up books to read. Yeah. I would do the same thing for him. People like that hmm. because it's a weird connection people have with each other. It's like storytelling beside a fire. Yeah. Okay. But, like, that's what that's like. And when you can't, ha- when you have somebody who doesn't have that ability. Yeah. There's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but yeah, so definitely keep if if, if anyone's listening to this, kind don't of trust interested. the illiterate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love how you kind of like even covered your mouth after you like, said just, that. Like, You're if just there's like, a derogatory term for illiterate people, I want to know. <laughs> Let me know in the Discord if there's a derogatory term for illiterate people. I'll say it on the podcast. I think they're called Tylers. <laughs> <laughs> These Reese's motherfuckers. <laughs> Love you, buddy. We know and, you love Batman. <laughs> and the Anunnaki. <laughs> but no, it's like, I just, that is an interesting theory, though, because it would be kind of the one job Richie could hold and still be a fuckhead mm. and not get fired for. Well, because think about, think about the, the transition of going to a restaurant to work. And even if you're going in blind, sign here, sign here. Hey, be here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. He can sign your name. It could be gibberish, but you can sign your name. Yeah. It's just squiggles. Yep. And it's false security. (laughs) (laughs) And episode three is Brigade. uh, And this is uh, where Carmi's uh, attending the uh, AI, AL Anon meeting. Or was it AI or AL? It's Alcoholics. Or no, it's an NA meeting. Well, it says here AI or AL. So it's. um, He has. It's. It's He's, like a family group. Yes, so it's, it's, uh, it's the designation of survivors of suicide, suicide yeah. people, suicidal people. Al Anon, yeah, okay. Al Anon, anonymous. It's an anonymous get together for people who's been through tragedy, PTSD, sufferers, depression, yeah, stuff like that. And he all goes because his sister had said something. He kind of not. He's been knocking it off because in the show, he almost burns his fucking apartment down. Yeah, immediately because he is so fucking blind by his like PTSD and trauma and shit. So mm-hmm. he's, he's kind of like, it's like that work that you do when you're not working, where you just kind of stare and look at something, no matter what you do, you're just standing there for like 20 minutes looking at something. And mm-hmm. then finally someone comes up, Hey, what's up? Yeah, I got this done. Yeah. yeah yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah, you're zoned out. You're in it. It's zoned out. You know, it works better when you're corporate because people don't give a shit because <laughs> they're just zoned out too. But, um, <laughs> but this one, he always burns the kitchen down, burns his house down, burns, burns everything down. And that's what I was saying. It kind of gives me memories of like rescue me at some mm-hmm. points. Cause uh, Dennis Leary's character was kind of similar on that. Well, yeah, he, he kind of like mentally folds yeah and the world's still moving around him but to him it stopped and uh and with this one uh after all that kind of wrap up basically there was a long exposition moment which where we kind of got more of the backstory on the brother that we mentioned already mm-hmm. um and then he introduces uh the brigade de cuisine mm-hmm. uh kind of style kitchen in which the ill-prepared and increasingly frustrated sid has to manage so here so here's another dynamic of the show that's very unique is they have family dinner and for every uh, main shift so this is this happens basically their lunchtime because they're all coming in at probably five six in the morning yep and we had something similar like this at a couple of places but um non-franchise restaurants and stuff like that mm-hmm. if you're if you're working as everybody sits together yeah 
talks about the day. Hey, how hey, was how's it going? I mainly did this with servers, um, but the rest at the one where I worked at where everybody talked to the customer, everybody cooked. We would sit together and just bullshit, mm-hmm. and it's a good morale boost. And not just that, he has Sydney on the first day cook everybody's meal, mm-hmm. and it's very unique what she makes, and they all fucking love it, but, except for the shit heel. Yeah, but <laughs> it's so funny because it's part of earning your wings, you know, earning your stripes. And she's she's going back and forth with this uh, Hispanic woman who, whenever she gets frustrated, is no habla inglés. Yeah. And she's like, I know you fucking speak English, you piece of shit. <laughs> and it's just like she's just, you know, it's it's kind of like a form of hazing. Mm-hmm. You know, that isn't as gay as it sounds. <laughs> <But laughs> no, because like, yeah, because even my girl, she was asking, she's like, why is she like sabotaging all these things? Why is she causing so much trouble? I say it's this competition. Mm-hmm. She sees her as talent. She's she feels comfortable in the spot she's already in. Now a young buck's coming and then kick an ass mm. she doesn't want her job threatened you, and, could, you know you could argue that every member of this crew is some form of the seven deadly sins where sydney is just pride because she comes back from a, a hardcore background and a great show of pride before the fall is her getting fucking basically beef uh uh what is it uh that beef gelatin yeah, beef, roux whatever yeah, the beef roux sport on top of her because he, he, he was she, he, Marcus she was, the baker, the baker, who who has tried to offer some semblance of help, but she's like, no, I got it. Like, bitch, you are five foot tall, and that is six feet up in the fucking air. And it happens in this episode. And the reason she's got such a big head on her with it, mm-hmm. and is because Carmi was like, hey, you're running this shit tonight. Well, the reason he, he and the reason he kind of goes in blind on that is because he decides to go one of those meetings because he blanks the fuck out. Yep. He has, he has to go now. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, he, it's not out of spite. It's not out of, Hey, fuck you. You got this. It's, I have a, a existential crisis. I need to fucking fix real quick. Yeah. So I'm trusting you. You've got yeah. this and everyone's giving her hell. But Marcus is the only one that's trying mm-hmm. to be nice. And yeah, that's when she's like trying to get that shit down from the top of the thing. And he's like, let, let me help you. And she snaps at him. She's like, no, stop it. I've mm-hmm. got it. He walks away, and I love the cut. It's like he's like, okay. He just kind of walks away. Two seconds later, fucking all over her, and he just walks away. And if you've ever dropped something in a cooler, oh, my God, that is a hour event just trying to straighten the fuck up. But 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 you know what? It was very telling, and I like that they kind of kept this part of it, too, because he was like, okay, walks away. As soon as it happens, the next time you see him, he's walking around the corner with rags. Mm-hmm. It's like he was still there to help her out, even yeah. though he tried. Yeah. He could just let her sit there and wallow in it. But he's and like, like, there's no. a lot of little stuff. What I like about Marcus is he's his food background is almost zip. He came from a McDonald's. Yeah. So his his whole dynamic is he was probably just a guy in the back. Um, Carmi and Sydney take time out of their day. And it's the little things that go so fucking far. Mm-hmm. Hey, when you're doing these labels, what I want you to do, I want you to snip the tape. Yeah. All right. I want you, I want clean cuts. Mm-hmm. You know, like a professional. Be, take pride in your work. And he fucking runs with it. He's like, hey, I had this thing. He's like, well, have you ever heard of fermenting dough? Blah, blah, blah. He goes with it. You know, he's he, they're willing to let him experiment, not only on the property, but let it go. A great, you know, we'll talk about it when the scene comes up. Yeah. But, when all hell breaks loose, he fucking 
eats a piece of cake off the ground. And he's, like, and he's just like, God damn, that was fucking delicious. That's the best thing I've ever fucking ate. And it's just like, he set that up. And yeah. it's just like, even with this, it's like the whole building is collapsing. And the barbarians are out the gates. He's like, God damn, that was a good piece of cake. And I felt that. I was just like, God Damn, you know, you, you're busting your ass all day. He's like, hey, Morrison, come train. Hey, number one, try this real quick. Yeah. Damn, that's busting. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Cap, calm down. <laughs> and um, Straight Cap. <laughs> and basically, uh, on and on, uh, the episode just basically ends with uh, Carmi and Sydney clashing over how to run the restaurant. because yeah, so she, she makes a business plan. Yeah. And a delegation plan. And because she's basically running things on a lower level. Mm-hmm. Because it's just Richie and Kank, you know, Carmi just beating the fuck out of each other. Yeah, you know she's the she's standing, you know she's standing there. Yeah, and she tried to she like <laughs> she tried to deal with Richie on his level. She tried to be empathetic, but he's such a walking, talking fuck up. Yeah, it doesn't work. No, and this is when like I was I had I sat down and watched this whole show mm-hmm. front to back. And I kind of forget that they're thirty minute episodes. Yeah. So I was watching those like hour long episodes, and I'm just like, "Oh God, what a short fucking series!" <laughs> yeah, which leads into the next episode, uh, episode four, and this is the one they catered the children's birthday party for the uncle. And this is another sign of where I think Richie can't read. Um, he 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 takes it like <laughs> they're stocking the car. He's like they got all the cater and shit. They stock in the car. And uh, he's got the giant hot dog, and he's trying to put the shirt on the giant hot dog. Yeah, inflatable hot dog. And he's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm taking it with us." He's like, "You're not taking that with us." And they literally have a fight. Yes, <laughs> they literally fight. And like with the hot dog, he's like, "You popped it, you son, son of a, a bitch!" bitch. <laughs> and I'm like, gonna get the backup. <laughs> get the backup. Uh, and it's like, oh my god, these guys are fucking idiots. But he's like, take. He takes a pop of. A, he eats a pill. Before, like, while they're talking, Xanax, yeah, Xanax, and then they're at the place, and he's taking another one. And when you finally look, go back and watch the episode, when the bottle it says "take one every twelve hours," dude, it's barely been a fucking two hours. You know why? Because he can't fucking read. He's not having anxiety, dude. He is so fucking low, dude. Remember what he's doing? Fucking uh, Carmi's making the uh, the Ghostbusters like, ecto cooler, ecto cooler punch, and. And he let Richie, he's like, dude, you're just making hot dogs. You're good. You're yeah. good. And meanwhile, Carmi is being attacked on every side. He's like, hey, I heard you were a big chef, blah, what blah. What you doing here? You fucking loser. And it's yeah, like, basically. And it's, and it's just like, when people say that shit out loud, like, if I say, you know, oh, I'm working in a restaurant, you know, working, you know, working back doing prep, and it's just like, People look down at that. Same thing they do with women when they say, oh, you're just a server. It's like, first of all, I'll probably make more than you in cash. Yeah. So suck my dick. <laughs> all right. So get fucked. Yeah. Uh, and I used to catch a lot of hell of that from people I knew. They're like, oh, you're just working in the kitchen. It's mm-hmm. like, because I worked at multiple Oh, you're places. in prep? Yeah. Like, I worked at a Sheets. I worked at a Duckworth. I worked in catering. You know, I did all this stuff. And it's just like, some people are like, oh, man, you're still doing that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, the fuck I am. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I am. I love it. I fucking love it. Dude, I would still be working in kitchens if it wasn't for my body, but it's like, I love that fast, because what was I doing gushing earlier about the rush? It's like, you know, when that shit is working and you've got that good team behind you, it's so satisfying. Still it's kitchens. like It's if, like when you look at the clock, it's eight, and then you look again, and it's one thirty, and the ticket's finally stopped, and you're like, damn, that was a rush. That was good. <laughs> I'd still be working in kitchens today if the pay wasn't shit. Yep. Absolutely. Damn fact. And and 
this was honestly i like this episode and i like the series a lot but this was the first time i started going ah damn it which was and then this and this i've got a problem with the way wikipedia words this too it says um the ecto cooler which is accidentally spiked with richie xanax calls the children to pass out in the yard mm-hmm. here's my problem with that there's a lid on the fucking thing how is it accidentally spiked? That motherfucker lifted the top and dropped the thing in it. I that that does not. I don't agree with it being an accident. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I can see the portrayed as an accident. How though? The whole bottle was in it. I don't know. Something about his stupid illiterate brain. Yeah, I mean, he didn't I read guess. the situation. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh, oh he's, he's chemically retarded. You know what? You know how he got that in there? He was high on Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough. I'll take that. But but then it was. This is where the you know pop- who did it? You know who did it? That fucking hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking hot dog did it. <laughs> but this but it leads into my first problem of the series where the uncle finds it funny. Now, sure, ha, 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 you, you, you made a bunch of kids fall asleep. You didn't want to do the birthday party to start with, her, her, her. But it's the first time we really, because I remember when that scene happened, like when Carmi looks up and like all the kids are just like laying in the yard, mm-hmm. my heart sunk. Because again, this is giving me rescue me vibes where like something like that were to happen. All of a sudden the firehouse is getting investigated. Like, you know, shit's going down. You know, there's like public problems. All of a sudden, the uncle's like, hey, I'm kind of into it. And then it cuts away, and nothing else happens. There's Like, Carby didn't even fuss at him for it. Like, there was no scene of them in the car being like, what the fuck was that bullshit? You could have fucked up those kids. There, like, there was no... I think because of the high-octane stress they deal with, something as simple as just knocking some fucking kids out for the next 12 hours is so fucking comedic. Yeah, and like their dynamic together is just so toxic that mm-hmm. when something stupid like that happens, it's fucking laughable. Like yeah. you're like you're just like it kind of reminds me of like later on when they're doing the bachelor party scene, and there's like a pause, like God damn it, yeah, not not, not like oh shit, what have I done? More mm-hmm. of like God damn it, kind of like <laughs> like I dropped a can of soup or something, and it's like that that's the mentality you get when your anxiety is so fucking high because you know. You got a guy like Richie, who's who, guess what? His brother died too. Yeah, you know that's his brother too. So they're both going through the same thing. They're just not talking about it because they're too fucking stupid to talk about it. And <laughs> they're too what, stupid to fucking sit down for a second and just go, "Hey, man, and look, you're like, all right." Like he he had presumption that he would take over the restaurant. Blah blah blah. His little brother comes in, takes over. The brother's fucking stressing, having anxiety, panic attacks, and shit. And they're not talking it out. So. Both of these toxic motherfuckers, when something stupid happens, they just laugh at the fuck off. Same thing happens in the show Shameless, when just something ridiculous fucking happens, and you're just like, huh, well, fuck. <laughs> like, you, yeah. like, you, like, like, you, like, when you go to work and you forget your wallet, you're like, God damn it. <laughs> that's the same, that's like, I understand, like, the, the problem of consequence in the show. Yeah. 
But in the meantime, I'm just like, all these people are fucking criminals that they're cooking for. <laughs> like they literally. Are, they're literally criminals. So I'm just like, yeah, I can see them just like, been like, yeah, the kid got dosed with Xanax by accident. He'd be fine. <laughs> like, none of the kids died. No, no, we know. No. <laughs> that we know of. You're just presuming child murder. <laughs> and? <laughs> it's a show about cooking. <laughs> Great British, great British bake off a heroin ring. Oh my god! And uh, yeah, all the while, uh, Cindy's bonding a lot more with uh, Marcus, and uh, Marcus becomes a lot more passionate about about passionate about his chocolate cake program. Yes, so he uh, ends up creating it. They show him a little bit better how to set up his station. Yeah, and improve on a, a chocolate cake recipe. Mm-hmm. And this is where he learns like about fermenting and stuff like that, which is just another version of cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, which becomes more elaborate later on, but that's part of their fucking menu is yeah. chocolate cake. And I'm just like, as someone who did desserts, it's fucking infuriating to try to do desserts in a restaurant Yep. while everyone else is doing salads and steak and salmon and shrimp. And I'm just like, God damn it. <laughs> this feels so weird and wrong. Like, like I would say Duckworth's. Same fucking problem, dude. Their menu is like four pages. Oh, I know. I've been. It's ridiculous. It's great food. Fantastic. Oh, if you yeah. get a chance, go to Duckworth. But their fucking cooks will look at you. If you order chocolate cake and a salad and a fucking meal and then some side items, they're just like, I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. Because in the middle of trying to make salads and fucking pizza, they got to stop what they're doing and cut a fucking cake. <laughs> and guess what? It's top up, motherfucker. It's not laid down. Yep. Then you gotta balance that motherfucker through the kitchen <laughs> to the window. And then God forbid the dumb sixteen year old bitch waitress <laughs> drops that motherfucker and you gotta do it all over again. Feels like you're speaking from an exact moment that happened. I one did cakes. <laughs> I did cakes. You're like, I was carmy. Yeah, I did ribs, pizza, and cakes and salad. Damn. That's a combo. Fifty goddamn chef shouts later. It's just like, I need another cake, and another cake, and another one, and another one, and another one. I'm just like, we're out of goddamn cake. <laughs> yeah, and all the while, he's making the cakes, but obsessing over his specific donut recipe. And that's and that's another version of, uh, like, because he doesn't eat donuts. Um, it's, it's, it's another pride situation. They, they've set him up, and in a good way. Mm-hmm. And if they had kept going the same, like, the same path, the same front... If, like he was doing his job, yeah. Until the place came a chaotic mess. If it hadn't come a chaotic mess, it would have worked out. What well, it was that slow burn into it because uh, what leads up to that second to the last episode where he's like, "Hey, we need all these cakes." He's like, "I'm a little behind." That was foreshadowing because I think in Are the you still episode, working on that stupid fucking like, uh-huh. and like he doesn't mean it that way, but he's just like, "Hey, man." You, need, you know, it's time to actually do the work. You're working yeah. on your free time shit right now. Yeah. We need cakes. Yeah, <laughs> and because I remember he even said something like, uh, "How are you on the cakes?" This was before shit went down, and uh, he's like, I'm, "I, I'm a little backed up." He's like, "What do you mean a little backed up? No, never be backed up. Always be ready. Always but, have them on the ready." And then, the, then that same thing with Carmi was, "Hey, this mixer." The mixer went out. Yeah. And that was the problem. That's what was really holding him back, not his little thing he was doing. Well, but he was he, having he, to rush yeah, it now. Yeah, but, but he became more stressed and more stressed, and that mixer was already a problem. Mm-hmm. All right, so if you've ever used a, 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 an industrial mixer before, that's a lot of, that's a lot of power. He uses a 210 outlet. And as soon as I heard, saw him stop it and then turn it back on, I'm like, that thing's going to catch on fire or fuck something up. And the <laughs> power goes out. Yep. And that sets up the story of Sydney. Yeah. 
So going into this story, they're having to pull all this stuff. They're having to do this, this, and this. Even old boy, the uh, the maintenance man, mm-hmm. Matthews. Yeah, Matthew uh, Matheson. Matheson. He's like, dude, it's fucked. I could probably get a compressor for the cooler, blah, blah, blah. He's like, but it's going to cost me. Let me see what I can do. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I've got a guy. I got a guy. <laughs> and then the guy's like, kind of let him down. He's like, no, I can't do it. I don't know. I don't have a guy. <laughs> so, so Richie, Richie and Carmi are dealing with the whole Coke situation with Richie. Yeah. Cause he anyway, finds out he's been selling Coke behind the back alley. Yeah. So Sydney though, Sydney pulls through. They do a makeshift barbecue yep. outside. They start cooking. Everybody's lining up outside. They steal materials from a construction site across I the street. I loved that scene so much. He's it like, was so she's, cool. She's like, How, anybody working that construction over there? No. Nah, I've me. got an idea. <laughs> got the dishwashers. Guys, guys, come on. Come on. We're lifting shit today. We need you. Like, <laughs> And the thing that I really, I really liked about it was... In that moment, I literally saw like you, me, and Mikey, like we were running a restaurant, mm. and then all of a sudden shit went wrong, and I could see you just going like, it's going across the street, and us just building up shop like that, and just being like, fuck it, we're rocking it out, we're <laughs> cooking out of the front door. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be cooking using the front door. <laughs> we're using the security gate as a grill. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, 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 and it and it worked out great, like. And I've seen restaurants do this sometimes where they cook out the back, mainly Southern barbecue restaurants. Mm-hmm. But where they're at, it worked out so well because the limit, the menu went like this to like this. Yeah, very small. This is what we got. This is what you're getting. And it's like we're cooking everything. Mm-hmm. And when they mean everything, they mean the entire fucking inventory. Yep. Meanwhile, Carmi and Richie go to their brother-in-law's house <laughs> And they're like, hey, man, thanks for the favor. They're just putting some meat in the freezer. And the Suge shows up. She's like, what the fuck are you doing in my house? It's like, uh, uh nothing. nothing. You know, your your husband here was cool with it. Like, he's like, don't break him into this. He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> and I'm just like, because he is an idiot. Because, he is. Because he's the remember, biggest dork. Because remember they had to drive him home because of the ecto-cooler stuff? Yes. Because he just kept drinking fucking kids punch. <laughs> and he was Xanax out of his mind. <laughs> He has a big even Oliver, bumbling dork. Even Oliver Platt looked at him. He's like, God, I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's going to cost over 5000 bucks to get uh, the damaged condenser fixed. Uh, and I, like it. I thought you had a guy. He's like, I have a guy, but he's fucking expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and once they have to go to Richie and tell him to sell Coke one more time to pay for everything. Yeah, this, uh, <laughs> that's fucking rough. It is. And uh, the last two episodes... Uh, Sorry, we still got three. Uh, but I was going to say, the last two I felt were really good. Uh, episode six, though, this was the one that I felt kind of was whatever. It felt definitely like the slowest episode or the most filler episode. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, 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 episode six, uh, the Saris episode. Yeah. Um, this is really where it comes down to uh, Carm and Suge. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, this is, this is more of the family episode. Yeah. All right, a lot of stuff. This is a lot of like background and stuff, because early on, Richie finds a note to Carm from their brother. Yeah, and doesn't he, give it to him. He doesn't do it, and they're in the kitchen, and he has his sister 
come over and they're looking through all the fucking paperwork paperwork and there's just so much fucking stuff and it's all out of order out of sync yeah and i've worked at places like that maybe richie filed it yeah (laughs) i worked i I worked at places like that and i'm just like what the what is this scrap of paper what the fuck is that (laughs) what the fuck is this shaking it the fuck is this (laughs) it reminds you that scene of parks and rec where they're trying to help ron swanson do his taxes Uh and he's just like what is this oh i traded a uh I traded a uh, homemade. I traded a canoe I built out of fallen timber for half for a half pig, and I'm just like, the fuck? <laughs> you bartered a boat for a half a pig? Yeah. And I'm just like, why do you have this in your tax files? This is a shoebox full of fucked up receipts. <laughs> and um, all the while, the stress front of the restaurant gets shot out, which I thought was kind of interesting. That like Richie did not duck or anything because they knew they had built both. Bulletproof glass. Yeah. Although it did bug the hell out of me. So they showed it was bulletproof because it kind of had like that warp inward of that, you know, taking the velocity. Yet they were sweeping up glass in the next scene. Well, no. So so in bulletproof glass, you have three panes of glass. Mm -hmm. The back glass breaks. Okay. It's called a tensioner glass. Got it. So what he's cleaning up is tensioner glass. Like the only kind of bulletproof glass that doesn't have that is in cars right because you don't need tensioner glass because it's slanted okay see that's the that's the main kind of bulletproof i'm used to yeah. and i was just sitting here going i was like we saw it was so a he, bulletproof glass so yeah now we're sweeping, sweeping up, it he's sweeping up tensioner glass and he's also sweeping up stuff outside because it is cracked yeah it didn't go through it could take a couple more hits but if you're if you're buying a giant pane of bulletproof glass yeah you want a tensioner glass to kind of shatter to kind of Catch the recoil because it bends, mm-hmm. bust the tensioner glass. It's easier to replace this one than it is the whole fucking set. Like, so that makes sense. So, like, it, and he, they probably wouldn't even replace it because it's just a fucking bullet hole. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I did think that was funny though. How it was like, bam, and like Sid is like ducking for cover, and Richie's just sitting, standing there, being like, "This motherfucker, who did that?" <laughs> well, Richie also notices like he goes outside and he start he's talking to some guys, and he looks down the road. And the restaurant down the street closes. Yep. And then he goes back out, and they're putting up the sign mm-hmm. for, hey, you know, this is going to be probably at condos or some bullshit. And it's it's a version of gentrification that he's not cool with. Yeah. Even though this place is getting shot at, you know, it's really – it's a dangerous place, but so is the milestone. Yeah. And, and this is when he's really starting to – this is actually the only moments where I feel I feel like Richie as a character wasn't written very well, but I feel like these were the moments he was written well because he starts lashing out in fear, not yeah. anger. He's lashing out in fear because he feels like between Carmi and Sid and what's happening in the neighborhood, mm. everything is changing, yeah. and that change scares him. Yeah, and this kind of goes into you know with Sydney especially. You know, because she's one doing, she's kind of the head of the change, you know. Yeah. She's the younger people coming in, you know, and things change. Yeah. It's always going to change. And it's fine to be afraid of it. Shit, just adapt, motherfucker. Good luck. Yeah. Same thing you still got to do it. Same thing you would do if you brought an older person there. Hey, man, you need to step the fuck up. Like, no, no difference. Nope. Not and at all. And what, what he was doing with the restaurant, even before Karma got there, this old style of doing things you know didn't work you know this shit didn't work it wouldn't be in such disarray if it worked and like he would say 
oh, you know, the people like this, you know, people like this, like this. And he's like, no asshole. Like he, he like they got into an argument of how something was cooked in the first episode. Yep, spaghetti. Well, yeah, but like the meat that he's like, no dumbass, I have to braise it. It's got a oh, fucking yeah, yeah, bone yeah. in it. I have to cook it a different way because the meat guy didn't show the fuck up. You illiterate prick. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, but like, it's, it's, it's just like, you don't understand, you know, I know what the fuck I'm doing. He's like, why are you cooking it? Why is it taking so long to cook the meat? Because it's got a bone in it. It's different. You cook stuff with bone in it different than you do with stuff without. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my God, I've worked with these fucking people. Like, just cook it. Yeah. Chris, just cook it. I worked with a guy. We were making chicken and dumplings. He put the dumplings in before the water boiled. And it made like a, a, a moist cake on the bottom of the pot. I worked with a guy. I told him mm-hmm. to boil some eggs. Dude, I heard a in the kitchen like that while I was selling lottery tickets. I go back there. The water had boiled off. The eggs are bouncing off the goddamn pot. Oh, my God. You ever seen an egg bounce? By itself? <laughs> I have. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. No, that's like a, a – um, What's the uh, Culinary Institute that's here in Charlotte? Uh, Johnson, Johnson and Wales. Wales. Yes. Had a Johnson and Wales graduate come in. And the first night shift goes, where's the oregano? I'm like, the what? The oregano. Like a paper plane. Yeah. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> what, do you, what do you? Like, I started questioning myself. He was gaslighting me for a second. I'm like, am I the idiot? I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know. And he like, he's like looking around. and He's like, oh, here it is. Grabs. He's like, oregano. I was like, oregano. He's like, no, no, that's not how you say it. And he was being 100% legit. Like everyone in the kitchen was giving him shit for it. Like someone that's a little bit more of a bigger shit talker than me back there was like, yeah. the fuck you saying oregano for us, oregano, motherfucker? And it's just like, no, it's not. When I was in class, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, man, fuck your class. They didn't teach you nothing. And sure, shit, like two days later, we fired him because he was just sucked ass. <laughs> yeah, it's like when worst kitchens, you know, especially if you're using like certain things, he's like, hey, I need a, I need a, I need a, a four inch deep pan. Yeah. Got it. Done. Here it is. Yeah. He's like, hey, I need a catering pan. Got it. Hey, I need a two-inch. Got it. Because we're going by dimensions. We're not going by fucking names. No. He's like, yeah, man, I need the Cambro. Oh, okay. It's the fucking food processor. It's the Cambro machine. <laughs> yeah. Because it's Cambro on the side of the fucking machine. Yeah, yeah. He's like, That's, yeah, I need the... He's like, hey, man, I need the strainer. Cool. Yeah. You mean colander? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, nah, son. No, I said the thing that I said. You know what I mean. Me. You know what I mean. I had the same discussion with people who say who, who bitch about the word gun, like it's like, so firearm. No, like like real quick. A gun is not a gun that you hold. A gun is referring to a gun on a battleship, but we use the word gun loosely. Right. And I was just like, if I said, "Hey, man, I have a gun in my car," you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. He's like, "Well, yeah." Then shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So like. <laughs> You and, think I got a fucking forty-five millimeter fucking cannon in my goddamn car? Uh, you fuck. <laughs> and all the while, while Richie's uh, feeling like everything's fucking changing around him, Sydney, of course, winds up coming out saving the day with fucking leftovers, breaking up that little mob scuffle that was going on outside. So now he's just feeling inferior every which way he turns. Even now with his boys, Sid is the one patching shit up. And at this point, you know. Um, the uh, other character, Tina. Yeah. Um, she's having a bad day. She's mm-hmm. having a bad And Sydney's able to come in, even though she's fucked with her so fucking much, she she helps Tina out. Yep. And 
she's praising her. She's building her up like you mm-hmm. would an employee. You know, you build them the fuck up. Yeah. You make them better. You make them prideful of what they're making. Always take pride in what you do. You know, uh, growing up, I would always hear, you know, make your bed when you get out of it in the morning. That's one step closer. Mm-hmm. You know, you took the time. You did something. You completed it. No matter how minuscule it is, keep doing them, keep doing them, keep doing them, and you'll have a better day. Yeah. You know, don't just roll the fuck out. <laughs> You know, get put his shit on. What are you impressing with your made bed? Yeah. <laughs> that was always my thought. I'm like, it's my bed. Yeah. I'm not fucking making it. But it's, it's, my, <laughs> it's, it's little things. That yeah, add. I know what you mean, yeah. though. Yes. Yeah. This motherfucker doesn't make his bed. <laughs> you know, we know what kind of person he is. <laughs> An asshole. <laughs> and uh, episode seven uh, rolls in, and uh, they're allowed to get a new review with. Uh, well, actually. Near the end of episode six, uh, you wind up finding out that, um, actually, yeah, near the episode six, Sid has been, like you said, a few for a few episodes, really been working on the idea of a new menu, and she's been bugging Carmi about it the entire time, and he finally gives her the go ahead. He's like, make me something and shut up about it. <laughs> yeah, so she makes a special dish. Yes, it's a it's a it's basically a risotto dish. It doesn't specify which one it is in here. Um but she makes it and Carmi's like, "Yeah, it's good, but it's not ready. Serve what we're supposed to serve." And she's like, well, I, I, "No, I I think this is good." He's like, "Serve what I said to serve." And he walks mm-hmm. away. Yeah. And not wanting the food to go to waste, she just walks out to some random ass well, table. Not just that, not just that. She wants to see what a customer says. It's exactly. Not, it's not much of a food go to waste. It's like fine. I'll see what they say. Mm-hmm. And just walks up to some unassuming random table. Hello, sir. This is for you. He's like, I didn't order it. He's like, Well, sir, you don't understand. Uh, it's for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shut the fuck up and take the free dish. Mm-hmm. And that builds into the next episode. Yep. The next episode. Uh, was it Idris Elba's character? Uh, is is he in this? No. Oh, what's uh, what's the guy? The um, the other sous chef's name. He's uh, super familiar as the guy yeah. that's reading out the review. Yeah, you're talking. You're talking about Ibrahim. Ibrahim. That that. Okay. There. Yeah. Tongue words. Um, he's reading out a new review uh from the restaurant that's given a huge appraisal, especially this high regards to this risotto dish, and then all of a sudden that's when it dawns on everyone. It's like oh shit. She gave a risotto dish to a food critic. <laughs> and that causes kind of an interesting moment where it's like Carmi doesn't seem very phased by it, but Richie, good God almighty, if he couldn't have hated Sydney more, yeah. he now despised her. And it builds into this fucking knockdown drag out argument. And she decides because he's been calling her everything under the sun. And she finally lets him have it. And and, and the thing is too, I, I was uh, girl and I were watching this, and like the scene is like getting like to its boiling point, and uh, Carmi's like trying to write something down. It's not working. He's like, I need a sharpie. No one's listening to him. He's like, guys, I just need a fucking sharpie. And they're like, Carmi, Carmi, can you do this? Stop! I need and like looks up at Richie. He's like, Richie, would you shut up for a goddamn second? I need a sharpie. What does Richie do instead of getting a sharpie? A beelines down to Sid and like starts prepping her vegetables for her while she's doing all that. And I'm just like, my God, my dude, you're not helping your case. Just go get your brother the goddamn sharpie. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it 
it kind of goes over a boiling point because if you notice in this one before service, they don't have their dinner. You're right. They didn't. So that there's no, there's no reprieve from the tension. It doesn't help anything that your three main people, your sous chef, your head chef, and fucking Richie, your front man, is arguing the fuck out. Yep. You know? uh, but the clash between Richie and her is so fucking perfect because they're not perfect people. Yeah. But because she rode in a car with him to a fucking hardware store, she knows personal things about him. And uses it as bullets in a gun, mm-hmm. and she fires off in that shit. And and the and the other reason it even really came to a head. I thought this happened in the next episode, but it actually end. happened here. Well, no, it, it happens at the beginning of this, mm-hmm. which is this entire time Sid's been really pushing for them to do this new online ordering, basically DoorDash without well, no, DoorDash. So, 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 so it's the point of sale system. The problem is it gives you two options to do pre-order. Mm-hmm, where they can pre-order yeah, online. So she accidentally left it on. Yeah, and as soon as it goes online, as soon as and like this is actually Carmi's fault. This is his fault because it's you know he's 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 the he's the owner, and he is supposed to be in charge of that kind of thing. You don't let someone else in charge of that. Okay, on the mm-hmm. online sale part of it. Yeah. If it's your bit, if it's your bag, it's your bag. Yep. And the tickets come pouring out. Do not stop. This is, this is like a primetime Saturday night restaurant now. And it's just like, it's 10 o'clock in the fucking morning. And now they have to deal with it. And now Richie has something to gloat about. It's yeah. the first time she's really oh, messed up twice in a row. Way to go, you dumb bitch. Uh-huh, blah, blah, you blah. gave him the fucking risotto thing. Now you fucked this up. Isn't this part of your plan? Yeah. And just it's just it comes to a head because... They're not they're not perfect people, like I said. But the gall on that motherfucker for talking down to her like that. He deserved everything. Like she said some fucked up shit, but he deserved every fucking thing. She did say some fucked up shit. It 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 was well deserved, but at the same time, it was the first time in the series I didn't really care for her because I really felt sympathy for Sid a lot of the time. This was one of the few times I really felt like the character just kind of went overboard a bit. I, I, I didn't feel that way because she does talk about his kid. Yeah, and that to me just felt like I the think, blow I think it, that I didn't I think it was necessary be because no one shut him the fuck up since the beginning of the episode. Carmi will yell at him, but he's still just talking shit. Well, it's because his brother. Fuck him. The <laughs> only time he shuts the fuck up is when the fucking... Uh, Health inspector's like, yeah, I found a pack of cigarettes, and he checks his pocket. He's like, God damn it. Mm-hmm. Even though it's Carmi's cigarettes. Yep, it wound but up like, being Carmi's. But it's still like, yeah, someone with a badge told you to shut the fuck up. That's what you deserve, you piece of shit. And then it comes to a head of just a good old-fashioned work accident of her stabbing him in the ass. <sighs> and again, that also feels like just one of those situations that was like, consequence didn't happen. Like, I was expecting that to be a little bit of a bigger thing. Nope. Nope, got his ass sewn to shut <laughs> in the other room and by that, Maddie. And, and like, I understand the, the consequence part, but I don't think people understand how much consequence never happens for a lot of shit. Well, yeah. But like in this show, yeah, this is a city no one gives a fuck about. All right, and we could make like a bigger argument could be made for always sunny about those fuckers not experiencing. Consequence. Well, that's kind of the point of the show yeah. until the end when we find out they're all in court. Yeah. <laughs> but Chris like, is always sunny. Yeah. Chris is always sunny. They're in court testifying to get each other like fucking animals. <laughs> but, uh, 
No, man, he's, he's like, look at that. It's fucking stabbing in the fucking ass. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, shut the fuck up. And she's like, she's done. And I've seen that look because I've had that look. She calmly just stops what she's doing, washes off the knife, gives it to the guys at the sink, walks to her locker, which is funny. They have lockers. I know. I, I thought that was interesting. She starts taking off her shoes. And Carmen's like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh... I'm leaving. Yeah. I'm out. I'm out, this motherfucker. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I'm gone. I'm done. Yep. And that's when we also lose, lose, lose the cake guy. Which I felt bad for, but at the same time, I felt like Marcus kind of had that one coming. Marcus fucked up this time, I felt like. I don't, th- I don't think so. I think he's a victim of circumstance. Well, because well, he's, he's not... He, He's going, so all of them have history in restaurants. Tina, she's been there the longest. Ibrahim, same thing. They are your cooks. They are your prep cooks. They know not to go into a motherfucker's face when shit's going down. He's never experienced this before. He's blind. He He does. He is blind, and everything's melting down. He's got his shit right, because we see it early on in the episode where it, like, when before he leaves, if you notice, he marks everything like he's been told. He's beginning to pray. So he's like a child almost. And like he does get in Carmen's like he doesn't get in his face. Well, so this is the reason I said that he kinda it's kinda his fault. So the ticket machine is running off the thing and he already tells them, Hey, we need like what was it, like forty servings of the cake, you know. And they would never have that. No. And he's like, you know, how far behind are you? He's like, I know you're gonna be, but like, how far behind are you? And he's like, uh, I need, I need, you know. He's like, do you have at least the four ready, the four cakes ready? We can serve out a lot of stuff now. He's like, uh, I, I, I need time on that. So they've already established that. Hey, snap two, we need cakes. A few scenes later, you see him running up to Carmi with this fucking donut going, I solved it. I, so- I figured it out. I figured it out. Here, taste it. And that was the moment I felt Carmi. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking with me right now? Are you fucking with me right now? And it's like, and I, I me watching the show, I threw the damn donut on the ground. I'm like, motherfucker, it's DEFCON 5. Fucking make the cakes, asshole. Don't worry about the goddamn donuts. <laughs> And it's all Carm's fault. This, it is. This is this this is a stress level. All he had to do was cancel all those orders. That's all he had to do. But it's they ten o'clock in the fucking. Though. Oh, he could have. He could have done a lot of goddamn things. They're on the fucking back end of failing. Yeah. But all, the, but all that money coming in though. They had money coming in the whole fucking week of the show's own. Yeah. Because if you think about it, the show, only takes place within the span of probably two weeks. Yeah, that's all. Uh, right. right. Yeah. Because you know it's, it's a sandwich shop. <laughs> you know. Uh, Monday, hey, we got a health inspection. Tuesday, we yell at each other. Thursday, you know, he's making donuts. I'm building this fucking place up next week. You know, Friday, you're coming in. Dishwasher's like, don't put tape on the fucking dishes. <laughs> yeah, that, that was another one of those scenes where I'm like, this is, there's so many real and realistic aspects to this show. But the moment the dishwasher walked over, gave all the kitchen staff hell, and they looked at him and said, yes, chef. I turned to my girl. I was like, that's some bullshit. He would have gotten a knife or a spoon thrown at him and said shut the fuck up back over there <laughs> at least in the kitchens i worked in we didn't say chef even though my boss was a chef yeah um we definitely in the unison y'all gave the herd you know kind we, of thing we, it, yes cory no mm-hmm. cory either really really liked me or really really hated me some days because i go 
yes, sir, boss. <laughs> no, sir. Yes, sir. And, and he was a black guy. And he's just like, you fucking asshole. <laughs> like, but he, he, like, he did that shit one day. He's like, he saw me struggling doing dishes. Mm-hmm. He grabs a fucking four-inch Cambro container, lifts it up. Everybody look at me and Morrison. You see this shit? And it was tape on a fucking metal container. <laughs> Don't you ever hand this to Morrison again. All right, cool. Don't you ever fuck but, but, but that But that was because it was the uh, head chef doing it. If yeah. you would went, hey, guys, they'd be like, shut the fuck up, Morrison. <laughs> no, no one would have said that to me. Well, yeah, no, not you. But they'd be like, hey, number one's got something to say. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forget. You were number one over number there. One. Number one. He was number one. Yeah. But so uh, we got one guy. We got Richie with a bleeding ass. Yeah. <laughs> you got the new girl quitting. Fucking moon the- walking out the door. Marcus, he's gone. Yeah, slams his donuts and, on like, the table. It, it, and it's a, and walks it's a good, on out. But it's a good teaching moment for him to see like the level of manic stress. Like I said before, at this point, this is the first time the place has probably been busy like that. Oh, yeah. And like we need 200 beef. And they shut down. They shut down. Okay. Yep. Uh, Tina, you know, he's, he's, dele- he's re-delegating people, mm-hmm. which is a fucked up thing. Because he could have just pulled two dishwashers off and to help do this, this, and this. Um, Maddie Matheson is not doing anything. Yeah. Oh, the fucking fist fight between Richie oh, and Maddie yeah. Matheson. You think, uh, you think Garvey will hire me? What the fuck do you know how to do? And I'm just like, beat his ass. <laughs> beat, beat his ass and show him your YouTube Richie, page. Richie's not necessary for the restaurant. No. He could die tomorrow. This place would still be running. And the Maddie character, he was a lovable guy. He oh, was he's awesome. Hilarious. He's like, I knew a guy. I got, I got this. <laughs> like, any, guy, any guy that could fix the toilet and make some eggs. Solid person in the kitchen. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, he was great. But no, like, it just comes to a boiling point, and I just it levels itself out because it's the straight cuts. Of boom, boom, boom. He kneels down, and it's like everything is just gaining in volume. And he grabs that donut off the ground, eats that donut. He's like, God damn it, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like that, that fucked up realization. It's like. Fuck! <laughs> he was great. I built him up. He's the shit now. <laughs> Damn it! Yep. <laughs> it's kind of like when you like, like accidentally scare your dog or something. He's like, "Fuck!" Now he's now he's scared of me. <laughs> Don't oh. be afraid of me. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. And like we get we get like, and it just cuts away. Yeah. And then we get Sydney and Mark. And now this is it's a little bit down the road. Mm-hmm. Next episode. Uh, Marcus and Sydney. Or at Sydney's house, and yeah. she's cooking, and they're talking about food and stuff like that. He's like, "Hey, wait, what's that thing you're doing? What's that? What's that little thing you're doing?" She's like, "Oh, this is like palm priest, blah blah blah." He's like, "They're showing like what they do at home." Yeah. And a lot of cooks um, I know when they come home eat McDonald's. Yeah, well, you, you eat like a child. Yeah. Hey, what'd you have for lunch? M and M's and a Xanax. Like, <laughs> like, what'd you have for breakfast? Hey, what'd you go on break? Did you get us a snack? Yeah, a pack of fucking cigarettes. Okay. <laughs> That's, that's, that's the life of a fucking food service worker. Yes. But, but when you get home and decompress, me and my roommate, we worked in food service. We we go big. Yeah. And like when I cook, I go big. Even oh, yeah. I could just be here by myself. I'll make a fucking pot of spaghetti. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, even when we're here, when we're doing podcasting, let's do it big. Let's see what. Yeah. We'll let's make some sandwiches. Let's make some wings. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, and like the, she's showing, she's not doing it to show off. She's doing it as exercise. Mm hmm. 
All right. So when people cook at that level, they have to keep that level cooking. They yep. don't like just make a fucking peanut butter jelly sandwich. They make a artisanal wheat berry bread, lightly fried in olive oil with fucking <laughs> apricot jam and pistachio butter. And I was just like, get the fuck out with that shit. Where's the Jif? Where's the Concord grape jelly? Where's my Peter Pan? <laughs> Where's my Peter Pan? Dude? What the fuck? That's as bougie as I'm getting with my peanut Choosy butter. Choosy chefs choose Jif. Yeah. We ain't got chop. We got ain't got jiff money motherfucker we got great value money <laughs> is that aldi <laughs> shit the germans and their fucking peanut butter <laughs> but uh, an interesting uh, little bit that comes through on this because again you as you were saying sydney was set up as kind of like the the all-star you know culinary chef graduate type you know well she's like she's set up that way when you first meet her but mm-hmm. you're like why is she at this place and there's a, there's a displacement because we see it when she comes home a few times. Uh, the episode where she wakes up and wakes up her dad, comes home late, wakes up her dad. Mm-hmm. It's the, hey, those boxes that are in a room, those are those are fucking Cambro stoves. Those are catering boxes. Those are everything she needs to run a catering service that mm-hmm. failed. And it kind of is a telling thing that, hey, she went to school, tried to make it on her own, didn't work. And she found the guy who's the shit. And she has a chance to work with him. Yep, because she reveals that in that scene. He was like, yeah, she was like, I, I've, I went all over New York, you know, all this, that, and the other, and I ate some amazing places, you know. And always my dream was to be able to work for some of those people, you know. And he was like, well, what was the best place you ate at? And then eventually she reveals, she was like, it was Carmi's place. So it's like not only was that because she was saying it was like her dad's favorite restaurant or something like that. Yeah. So like not only was it her dad's favorite restaurant. But one of the chefs she admired worked there. Mm-hmm. And now it's like you kind of have to add that additional layer of like, well, I could put myself in that scenario. Okay, I'm now working in a band uh, and there's a member I really admire. And that member just taught me the fuck down and I just left. It's like mm-hmm. that that weighs a lot more with her quitting with all of that in mind so i thought that was a very good kind of plot moment where she's like i kind of followed this dude like he was a hero of mine and he kind of let me down and carmy's at his wits end so he messaged her he's in the office and he shoots her a message well that was a the reason he even shoots her a message is he's about done in the locker room and then richie has his one good character moment and they see they found the letter yeah he hands them the letter and before he opens it, he felt the need to kind of make right with Sid in a way because he and the reason I think that was even so is because when Sid and Marcus were sitting at the table kind of talking, they're like, "So I guess no more of the beef, huh?" And she's like, "Yeah, probably not." You? He goes, "We'll see. I don't know." And then, sure enough, you see him the next day putting stuff up. And I liked how Carmi didn't really make it a thing. It's like he just looked at him and said, "Hey." Welcome, chef. I just kind of walked away, mm. and then walked back, and he went, "Hey, I'm sorry." Yeah, and and he, and he and he and it's such a cool line from Marcus too. He didn't say, you know, it's all right, or you know, you're forgiven. What did he say? No, I can't remember. He just looks right at him and goes, "Heard, chef." Yeah, it's just like because well, he said he set up that system, and now he's seeing it at its full potential. Yeah, but yeah. I just thought that was almost kind of a cold but cool way. To respond to, hey man, I'm sorry. No. You know, I shouldn't have acted like that. And he he's starts like, setting up his shit up. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's starts, like, heard chef. And if you notice, like when he starts setting up his shit, there's an older container. He takes that fucking tape off of it. Yep, <laughs> he does. Like, you take the fucking tape off. The <laughs> you take the fucking tape off the container. So Carmi goes outside and he's right about to open it, and he just he just sends it a message. He's like, 
you're just needing more acid. It's like he finally, it's like he realized, okay, instead of just telling her it's not ready, give her a little leg up. Tell her what it needed to be done. So he was like, it just needed some Because well, you see that in the in the flashback scene when the girl's got the sauce and she's trying to, the sausage trying to make it, and he tastes it. He's like, it's not ready. It's yeah. Not right. And I hate when they use the term breaking a sauce. It's just not, just say it's not right. Yeah. Just say, just say, hey, there's too much salt. Yeah. Let's do something Add else. A little something. And that guy just walk up, why is your fucking cooks breaking my sauce in my kitchen? And it's just like, shut the fuck up. I'm going to stab the shit out of you. <laughs> you're going to you're get a knife in the ass. <laughs> so it's like, as soon as he finally learns to, you know, be cool, actually help your, you know, your coworkers and shit, he opens up the letter. And of course, you get the, you know, nice little moment of him reading it over. But. On the back was a recipe for the spaghetti that he kind of made a stink about early on that Richie wanted to keep on the menu. Yeah. And he was like, no one liked it then. No one's going to like it now. We're taking that off the menu. So he starts making the spaghetti. And earlier on, we're like, hey, why are we buying these small-ass cans when we could just buy them big? If we're going to be doing the sauce like this, you know, we could just buy tomato puree in a larger Yeah, batch. he mentions that in an earlier episode. Yeah. He's like, even the stocking on all this is wrong. Why are these here? Yeah. And so... He cracks one open, pours it out, and there's a fucking wad of money. And uh, he's like, what the fuck? It's, it's a tight bundle. Yeah. And then he grabs another one. And then another one. And now everyone's just and cracking and these just open. Like, everybody, everybody, grab a can, grab a can opener. Matheson, grab a fucking can <laughs> opener. Everybody, everybody. And there's like, there's sauce on the fucking wall. He, put, he, he, turns the, he, he closes the beef down. Yeah. And here comes Sydney, and the last shot, or one of the last shots, is she's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Richie's like, shut the fuck up and grab a can opener." Yeah, and like that, that right there settled it. Right there, everything that's happened is done. They'll bring it up in season two, maybe, maybe, but their beef is finished. <laughs> they, they are fucking. They are a team now. They're a fucking unit. Yeah, the beef is finished. Yeah, and then the sign turns around, temporary closed. Here, uh, coming soon, the bear, bear. and, and, and it fucking ends. And it does. It's right on that. And one of the other really cool scenes on that is like, as soon as Richie just kind of looks at her, he's like, "Hey, grab a can opener." Yeah. And she was like, "What is going on?" And Carmi looks at her because they they had that little moment where they kind of daydreamed about like a perfect restaurant and the mm-hmm. way it would look together. And he like looks at her. He goes, "Balcony," in the set and the other outdoor seating. And she's like. And the yada yada, and he's like, and the yada yada. So like they they had that moment yeah. of like, we're gonna make this shit happen now. You got to stick around. Not just that, you know. It's you know when you cook for a place, and I think this is where a lot of disconnect happens with people who own spots as opposed to people who work in spots. Is when you're an owner operator or work or basically a worker owner. There's nothing better feeling than being like, I want to make it the way I want to make it. And Adding your own little fingerprint yeah, to yeah, it. Like the, you're going to make it your own. Yeah. Um, when I worked at this one spot, I had said, hey, look, you know, we're making this, this, and this. Did you know we can make this? It's not that hard to make. Let's add, add this to the menu. Let's get rid of this. It's not selling. Yeah. It's very expensive. It's hard to make, actually. Mm-hmm. And it's, but we can use these ingredients, make yeah. this. Now yeah. we've got a better overhead, and it might sell better. And I did it, like, on a fucking, I swear to God, dude, on a Sunday morning, I came in. This guy came in, this customer who kept coming in. He's like, hey, man, I got my girl at my house. He's like, is there something special you can breakfast time? He came in early in the morning. He's like, I got my girl back at the place. He lived right across the street. He's like, could you uh, could you make something up? So I'm like, you and your girl, huh? You like French toast? 
I'll make you some French toast. I make two fucking plates of French toast and all this stuff, all the every little thing. And I take it up the front. Hey, man, $3 a plate. Fucking simple. It's not it's cheap. It's cheaper than making an egg sandwich. And I asked the boss, hey, could we put this on the menu? You know, just something to have, not during the week, but like on the weekends as a special. She said, no. Okay, not a big deal. Then every day she came in for breakfast, she would order French toast and I would have to make it for her. <laughs> And I'm like, that's fucking shitty. This is why you're a cunt. <laughs> this is why. This is why you had to sell out. This is why we had to change owners. And, Damn. Uh, you know, when you're working on new dishes and stuff like that, we were able to, I was able to incorporate in the next restaurant I worked. Hey, you know, we, we're we doing breakfast. What's a cool grab-and-go item? French toast and pancakes. Can we fucking prep up French toast and pancakes? And no fucking shit. We started prepping French toast and pancakes. Now we have extra items to sell. Yep. Extra revenue. This is cheap. This is easy to make. You know, all the extra stuff you need, we already have. That yeah. we're not using on a grander scale. Brown sugar and cinnamon, pfft, we got a shit ton of it. Yeah. We never use it. Mm-hmm. And it was it was it's a good feeling to have that. Especially when I when I had to make industrial quantities of scrambled eggs. <laughs> and I figured out a process to do it. Yeah. But there was so much backlash from the idiot portion of not not us, but from the customer because yeah. they thought that I was serving them. Like you ever seen eggs at Denny's? Yeah. And how they're bright yellow. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly scrambled. Yep. I figured out a way to do that with forty pounds of fucking eggs. <laughs> and I figured out that I could steam them. Yeah. I could take bags and bags of eggs, steam them, add salt, pepper, and butter, steam them again, stir them, do it again. I saved so much fucking time doing this shit you, like like the catering pans the four inch yeah yeah catering pans i can make eight of those sons of bitches damn filled with eggs ready to go and they kept saying oh it's powdered egg i'm powdered egg dude this is not vietnam <laughs> all right we don't this is not the fucking military in the 80s we don't serve powdered fucking eggs yeah do you want to come back here? Let me let me grab a knife and you can come back here. And I could show you with your stupid fucking eyes that you were not doing it. And they made me stop doing it because they said they kept getting backlash because they looked too good. Oh my god! They looked too fake. I said, you know what? Fine. My buddy over here can cook them, burn the shit out of them. Let's just serve them shit. Yeah, we'll serve them shit for the rest of their fucking days mm-hmm. until me and him quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God forbid we give these hard workers a halfway decent breakfast. <laughs> Jeez, but it wasn't just that; it was just convenient because yeah, you got people coming in burning themselves out, making large quantities of stuff when we could just be making other stuff. Yeah, and that means more time to do other shit. That means mm-hmm. more time to have downtime at the end of the shift so you can decompress better and be happy to come in the next day. And not worn the fuck out. No one wants to come in and work on a fucking Monday morning. No, and, and especially told, if they closed on Sunday night. But like, no one wants to come to work on a Monday morning and be told that doesn't look real. It looks too good. That's not real. No. Oh, I guess it's not for you then, huh? Keep yeah. walking. My, my, my worst idea was to build a trough and just fill it with breakfast food <laughs> and just like shovel it into like a cup and hand it to them. <laughs> and that was my idea. And I'm like, hey, Corey, can we just build a trough for these fucking animals, these goddamn gorillas of the mist? Like, just come and get their... Hey, 
triangle, ding, 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 ding. come and get your slop. And just, just giant five-gallon buckets of just eggs and sausage and pork. Just get it. It's got hash browns in there. Just it all mixed together. Just top it with some cheese, throw it down the line. Yeah, just, just whoosh, 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 whoosh. Did the one 16-year-old kid hold the baggage? Hold the baggage and quit crying in the cheese. We used to have those little paper boats. And yeah. That's what we serve. I was uh, giving some guy grits, right? He's like, man, can you add another spoonful? I'm like, yeah, sure. I don't give a shit. And I handed it to him. He's like, oh, man, I meant to say cheese grits. All his other food was in there. So now it's got grits with it. I'm just like, no. <laughs> Get fucked. Here, Get fucked. grabs a handful of like cheddar, just dumps it on top. Enjoy yeah. your food. Because <laughs> we had cheese grits with the shit. Oh, yeah. But, uh. But the bear, man. The bear I think is fucking was, fantastic. Perfect I, ending. Perfect it, ending for a season. Really great ending. And honestly. Did it get renewed? I hope so. I mean, it just came out. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping within the next few months we see something about it getting renewed. Yeah. And I'm very excited about a second season. Not because I thought this was a perfect season, but this was a great first season. As we've talked about on you know many of our retrospectives, sometimes the first season may not be the absolute best, but it's there to set up everything, to set up who's what, get the character dynamics. And now that we understand the way all the characters work, season two, I feel, is going to be a lot more story-driven. Well, that's two weeks ago, and it's been approved for a second season. As of two weeks ago. Hell yeah, man. No, so I think that'll be cool. I- I'm glad that show was well-received, because yeah. you always worry about that, because as we mentioned, the death of TV. There's no more. Hey man, make sure we're you know make sure we clear the schedule for Sunday night at eight so we can watch the new episode of The Bear. Well, it's all just up to who streams it when. And and there's so much of this shit. I didn't see any promotion of this. I never saw an ad for this anything. I saw I saw it on FX. No, I, I, I saw the ad on FX. Yeah, no, I didn't see anything from it. I just stumbled upon it. it was just like, huh, The Bear. <laughs> yeah. um, I will say that. Uh, with Hulu and the whole FX thing and the way Fox is being handled by Disney itself, I think they're able to let their writers kind of progress a little differently with storylines and storytelling, uh, especially with a new ep- a new show coming out called The Patient, which okay. looks pretty elaborate. Steve Carell mm-hmm. uh, is a therapist who's being captured by one of his patients who he's been working with, and he's having therapy sessions with the man he captured. <laughs> Okay, that actually seems kind of Therapist funny. Therapist chained to the wall, and it's Steve Carell doing a serious thing. Yeah. So it looks it looks good. I was going to say, I'm not the biggest Steve Carell fan, but that sounds well, pretty it's, funny. It's, it's kind of like, uh, it's, it's, it's him being serious. Yeah. Which is really cool when you see a comedian do that. Mm-hmm. Like Robin Williams did it very well in Insomnia and, and uh, 24-Hour Photo and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I do think it'd be funny if he does have like that Steve Bicentennial Car- Man. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a fucking serious movie. <laughs> Uh, he kills Sam Neill to go fuck himself. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it's uh, it's so funny because I would love to him have like a Steve Carell freak out. Uh huh. And he's just like, God damn it! This <laughs> 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 is that big breath. Of, like, but they're all old now. Like, it's, I don't know if you saw the uh, uh, Robin Williams is really old now. Yeah, yeah, he's dead or in hell. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's, you've seen like people from the old Daily Show, just like yeah. what they look like. They've gotten really fucking old, like especially John Stewart mm-hmm. and uh, Stephen Colbert. <laughs> Is, uh, uh, but having them in a serious role looks pretty fucking fun. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, FX fucking killing it as always, man. That mm. seems to be one of the better studios still making shit. Well, they, they still do it in their miniseries, too. Like, OJ Made in America, The House of Gucci, and stuff like that. And they mm-hmm. just uh, re- redid uh, American Horror Stories just got released. So, it's a it's a shorter version of American Horror Story. But it's uh, it's kind of like Tales from the Crypt. Oh, okay. Got so it. So, it's got that kind of thing going for them. Because they kind of they kind of ran out of ideas after the... Uh, the carnival one got it and the, yeah. and the haunted hotel 
There's only so many horror tropes you can do. Yeah. But there's a lot you can do in the fucking kitchen, so, hey, season two. Fuck yeah. I'm glad it's coming. <laughs> but that's been our little review of the bear and us going down tangents of reliving um, different PTSD kitchen-based things. Mm-hmm. But for this episode of The Couch Potatoes, I've been Alex and Chris. Do you have any sort of final thoughts on the bear? I once had a guy ask me, because it kind of because the the what reminded me was when uh, Sydney reaches for that uh, that pan and there's a fucking box cutter in the pan. Yep. She slits her fucking hand open. I'm just like, oh, that happened to me while I was talking to somebody when they asked me, hey, how long have you been in the kitchen? And I'm just like, god damn it. Like, and like, <laughs> you I, probably just finished being like, oh yeah, I know my way around the kitchen. Slick. Yada yada, snick. <laughs> well, whoever left an open box cutter on a goddamn cooling rack for cookies and shit just pissed me the fuck off. And I, I said the fastest comeback I can think of. I was like, I've worked here so I've worked in food so long I can't get off unless the girl in the back is chopping lettuce. <laughs>